Wisdom Podcast. My name is Holly Weaver, and I'm the owner and operator of Rosebud Wellness, where I practice women's holistic health, utilizing acupuncture, Chinese herbalism, yoni steaming, and Arvigo abdominal massage. And I'm also a new mama. This podcast will be part information on women's holistic health practices that I use in my practice, and part conversations with women who are mothers or hope to be mothers on their journey through menstruation, fertility, pregnancy, birth, postpartum, and motherhood. Please enjoy. Thanks so much for listening. This episode is brought to you in part by the Rosebud Wellness Shop. You can find us over at rosebudwellness.com shop. On the shop, you'll find six different Yoni Steam herb blends for a variety of different conditions. You can read specifically about all of the ingredients that are in the herbal blends, what you would use them for, and some specifics about the days of your cycle that you would use the herbs. There's also a video for an at-home steaming guide so that you can feel confident that you know what you're doing before you embark on this journey. But if you also don't feel so comfortable just starting on your own, you can also sign up for a consult with me, which is also available at the shop. So go ahead and check out rosebudwellness.com shop. Hello, everybody, and happy holidays to you. I am very excited to bring the last episode of this first season of the Womb Wisdom Podcast to you today. And it's a very special episode. I am interviewing my sister, Erica. I learned a lot about her. Um, you know, we talked about things that we haven't talked about before, even though we're really close and I see her all the time. So I'm um, really exciting, uh, fun episode with her. So thank you to Erica so much for coming on. And I also wanted to mention that I'm going to be taking a couple weeks off from the podcast over the holiday season. I feel like people are listening less at this time of year. Everybody's kind of busy with family and other holiday related activities. So um, there won't be any episodes for the next couple of weeks after this one, but we'll be coming back uh, with season two in the first week of January. So I will see you then. Uh, But before that, enjoy this episode with Erica. Welcome back, everybody, to the Womb Wisdom Podcast. I am very excited about this episode. It's been a long time coming since I first started the podcast. Um, Today, I am interviewing my sister, Erica Lieber. So welcome, Erica. Oh, thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So this will be really fun because, I mean, anytime I interview people I know really well, I still find out a lot that I didn't know because I just ask different questions than I do in my normal life. So let's start off with your first period, um, what the experience was like, um, how old you were, what the conversation was like at school, amongst your friends. Um, We have the same mother. So if you recall what she said about it um, or how she helped you. um, yeah. Um, So I got my first period uh, the summer in between sixth in seventh grade. So I didn't have any like, oh my God, I'm at this place that I'm having my period. I'm pretty sure I was at home. Um, and I was actually very excited that I got it um, because my, our, our aunt had given me a present and she said, you can open this when you get your period. So I was like, you know, very excited. I'm like, oh, now I get to finally open this present. 
Um, so it was a shirt that said celebrating women on it. And I'm pretty sure also in the box was a book about periods. Um, and I remember flipping through it and being terrified of the, um, the like pelvic exam picture. I'm mm. like, um, that isn't, I'm like, do I really have to do that one day? Cause that is really scary. Um, so yeah, but I think it was, it was very light, like no, um, I don't think I had pain at that point, my first period. Um, I don't really remember what mom said. She was probably like, here are some pads, sticky side down, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And what about your friends? Were all of your friends kind of getting their periods at the same time? Well, I am kind of older for my grade. Mm -hmm. um, I was the oldest of all of my friends. So I'm pretty sure I was the first person to get it. Um, you know, first person to have a period, first person to get boobs, um, driver's license, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, it, you know, it's interesting that you and I never really talked about it. I mean, now I'm so into periods and birth and all things women's health. But when we were at that age, we never even discussed it, like whether we were having issues. Um, yeah. No, I mean, I, I know in like maybe in high school, I got, I started to get cramps. Yeah. And I remember um, talking to mom about it and she was like, you don't, you know, you don't miss school because of cramps. And I was like, okay, I guess I got to go then. And did she, she probably gave you something. Yeah, probably some yeah, like pain color or something. Yeah. I, and uh, yeah, I don't really remember. And then what about um, birth control? When did you start birth control and what was the reason behind that? Um, well, I got a boyfriend in high school and mom and dad were like, okay, well, if you have a boyfriend, then you should go, you know, you should go on birth control. So I'm, I went to Planned Parenthood and um, I'm not sure if that was my first like pelvic exam. It, it might've been. Um, I don't really remember. I don't, that has been a long time ago. I think I was like 17. Um, and yeah, I, I had been on birth control um, for like over 10 years, um, like all different ones. You know, they're like, okay, well, switch you to this one. Okay, you smoke cigarettes, so you need to use this one instead. Why would they switch them other times? Was it always related to smoking or did you ever have any like side effects or anything? Um, I, I don't think I ever had side effects that I can remember. Um, and I, I know it, at one point they, they, they switched it. And I don't know if they, they <laughs> that's my lovely daughter. <laughs> um, one of them. Um, and it, it stopped my period. And like all the other birth control pills I had been on, um, I, or I had got a bleed. Um, I actually didn't know that that wasn't a period until listening to your lovely podcast. I was like, oh, I didn't know that. I thought it was always my normal period. But um, I You're didn't You're not alone. A lot of people think that. Yeah, I, yeah. I didn't know. Maybe you, blood, bleed, uh, blood is coming out and you think it's period. Mm -hmm. um, but I remember at maybe like 
not until like later 20s they had switched it I, I don't know they're just like we're gonna go on this one now and I was like okay sure but it actually I didn't get my period and I thought I was pregnant because I didn't get it and I was like um this never happened like normally happened on birth control pills I mean I, I guess it's kind of cool I don't have to worry about it but um. you know that same thing happened to me in <laughs> high school probably at the time I told you about it um but I remember being like very early on being on birth control and that was always a, what would happen to me is my period would go away and what we're taught in middle school and high school is like if you don't have a period you're pregnant <laughs> you know? Yeah. So I thought I was pregnant too. I didn't even, I was like, somehow my body miraculously got pregnant being on the pill. I, I didn't know that there was like a, you know, it could potentially be related to that. So obviously yeah. I wasn't pregnant, but anyway, keep going. Um, but yes. And then I was on birth control until my sister, um, Holly Lieber, um, said, <laughs> you know, you're, you're 35 or like over 35 at this. Oh, no, no, I think you were under 35 because you were 32, right? When you had olive. Yes. So you were getting I was the age where it's, um, not good to be taking birth control pills and smoking cigarettes. And I was like, okay, well, I'm really addicted to cigarettes. So it's a lot easier to stop taking a pill than to quit smoking. Um, so I decided to switch to condoms as a um, birth control method um, and it worked for a month. And then the next month I found out I was pregnant with my first daughter. And the reason for that, like you were, you were doing well using condoms, but one of them broke. Broke. Yes. Right? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I had, a, we, we had a condom break and I guess I didn't think anything about it. Like I wasn't like, oh, I, I need to go take a plan B. I, I just, I didn't, I guess I didn't know what part of the cycle I was in or I, I don't really know. I, I, I know I, you know, we, we definitely weren't trying to have children, um, but it, um, you know, it, it happened. Yeah. Yeah. I was supposed and, to get my period while, while camping. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, I didn't get my period while camping. That's pretty cool. Um, then I was like, okay, we're, we're getting it to be really late with the period now. So um, yeah. So took a pregnancy test. Yes. Yeah. Found out you were pregnant. On my way home from work, I got a pregnancy test. And then um, the baby daddy saw that and he went out and bought two more just to triple, quadruple, make sure. Yeah. And like, okay, we're having a baby. Did you, are you someone that always knew you wanted to have kids or you kind of weren't sure? Um, I, I, I definitely always dreamed of having a daughter, um, for sure. Um, I think that I was hesitant because of my, um, mental health. Um, you know, I was, I've had problems with depression and I'm like, how am I going to you know, be happy for, for a child if I can't be happy for myself. Um, so, you know, throughout my pregnancy, I was definitely worried about that. Um, but I definitely was, um, I was excited and scared to death. Yeah. I think that's probably pretty common amongst mothers, you know, being excited, but having this like 
Yeah, especially because here, it was here. not planned whatsoever. Yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah. So, and how was the pregnancy? Um, did you have any physical symptoms or emotional shifts specifically related to being pregnant? Um, physical, um, I, I didn't have morning sickness. I, um, like about like a month in, I became exhausted, like probably like, like first trimester. Um, and then, you know, as far as, yeah, like, like physically carrying her was a breeze. I was like, this is like, I, I'm very good pregnant lady, <laughs> but yeah, like mentally it was, um, it was crazy just because I was scared. I was like, I don't know if I want to be with this person. Um, I like, how am I going to be a mom if I'm a mess and I'm crying every day? Um, you know, I, I was just, I was really, really scared, you know? I, um, and I think probably like around like, like the last trimester, I was actually like starting to get excited. You know, I was like, you know what? I really am excited to meet this person inside me. I, I didn't know I did, we decided to not um, find out the sex. So I was like, you know, it was gonna be a surprise whenever they came out. Did you feel um, connected to her while she was in your belly? Like you felt like, or yeah. did it feel like a weird kind of like alien sensation? Um, I think at the beginning it was definitely it was definitely alien, honestly. Um, I think that, um, I mean, it has been almost seven years now since Olive was in my belly. Um, yeah, I, I feel like it was, it was very foreign feeling, um, but then it got to be like very cozy and comfortable. And then once she came out, I, I felt very empty. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I think that I would like talk to her in my belly and when she started moving around more, I, I think it like becomes more real. Mm -hmm. Um, and what would you say, like the emotional, like the crying was that, do you think that's just related to like how you kind of always can tend to feel, or was it mostly related to concerns about their relationship and your ability to be a mother? in particular um I think I was just completely overwhelmed I think I had you know I, I just had depression problems um I would like literally come home from work and cry to my kitten which I think I've told you about yes yes yeah. Mr. Kitten yeah, I was yeah I was about two months into my pregnancy with Olive and there was um a mommy kitten or yeah, a mother who had three baby kittens right under the barn next to my house. And I was like, literally an angel put this cat under the barn to like, he was my sunshine. Yeah. He, he really was. I would just like go up there and be like, God, thank God for my firstborn child, Mr. Kitten. <laughs> <laughs> he is like a particularly cute, sweet, snuggly cat too, you know? He's yeah. Just any. Yes. No, he, he was my baby. Um, 
Well, I, I think I was just, yeah, like, like on I, I, just everything, like my relationship, my, my ability to be a mom. I, I was just very, very overwhelmed. I, I mean, especially at the beginning. Um, and then I think maybe like further on, I was able to wrap my head around it. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah, in some ways it's good that uh, pregnancy lasts so long because it gives you some time to just sort of like get used to the idea. Yes, absolutely. Nine, month, uh, nine months to get ready. Yeah. And so speaking of it taking so long, um, maybe you can tell us about the end of pregnancy. We were talking about it a little before. It was fun to to remember that because I was around. I was in Connecticut at that point near the end of your pregnancy and we were doing some things to try to get get the baby out yeah yeah I mean I I remember like yeah all the things to try to to try to um lure the baby out but I I know as far as like symptoms like if I remember it felt like my hips were in a vice um like I needed like a a pregnancy pillow to sleep Mm -hmm. because I, I don't know why it felt like smashing but it was awful sleeping was awful peeing every 15 minutes was awful um I was very uncomfortable and I do remember that my sister Holly giving me acupuncture was one of like the most relaxing and like calming times of my days I'm not sure at what point we started um trying to do like the I don't know if you want to call it induction, but. um. Well, I guess I, I mean, and I've learned so much since then, I probably would have called it induction acupuncture at the time. Like my vision was like, let's get this baby out. But what I've learned over time is that babies only come when they're ready. And the more that you force them, the more potential there is for there to be complications with the birth. And so I never would call it induction now. It's sort of like just creating circulation, uh, softening, um, Mm. like setting up the environment to be the most conducive for um, labor and birth to happen smooth and efficiently. Mm -hmm. Um, So I just, I'm saying that because yeah, I, 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 I didn't think know. that was the word, right? And not like I'm going to, yeah. But you're not, I mean, there's people that call it like induction acupuncture, with right. like acupuncturists that call it that. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I just, I guess I disagree with that being what what we're doing or what I'm doing when I do it. But probably at the time, yeah, I mean, I was doing all the points that um, stimulate the uterus and trying to really facilitate her um making an exit and softening uh ripening the cervix and uh yeah that sort of stuff so anyways but yeah there were other things we did if you want to share about that oh holly lever also made me labor cookies um i want to say they were kind of like 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 molasses and use like paprika or cayenne pepper I think there were a bunch of different like spices basically it was kind of like the like spicy food right yes but it was very nice and I remember our 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 dad liked them too Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) um but yeah I I did the 
eating, I don't know if it's just like one date a day, multiple dates. It's usually um, five or six. Okay. Yeah. I, I know I never wanted to see a date again after. So it must've been quite a few, but I, I tried the dates. I tried the raspberry leaf tea, um, bouncing on a yoga ball. And then I remember I, I, I was just Googling everything at the end. You know, they're like nipple stimulation. Don't do this or you might go into labor. And I'm like, well, then I'm definitely going to do that. <laughs> um, I think I even tried to do like my breast pump. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, get this child out you know, like, oh, have sex. I'm like, well, that's the last thing I want to do, but we can try that if it, um, you know, if it helps any. Um, I don't know if I'm leaving out anything else, walking, but it was February, Mm -hmm. you know, so um, wasn't that much to do to get out and about in February, it's freezing. but yes, I, um, I think that my due date was January 31st. That sounds right. Yeah. And then um, around, I, I guess like a week after that, um, the, the doctor's office I went to was like, okay, well, you're, you're past your due date. So we're going to induce you. Um, and the, the woman doctor who told me that was one that I like, I don't know if I hated her at that point, but I really just disliked this woman. And, you know, I obviously kind of was like breaking down and almost crying. I was like, that is exactly not what I wanted to do. And she just had like zero sympathy. She's like, okay, well you're crying. I'm just going to leave and leave now. That's awful. Um, and maybe, yeah, you can share about um, why you didn't want to get induced. Um, I mean, obviously, I, I know why, but just if you can share from your experience. Yeah, I, I guess that like once I once I was knew I was pregnant, I, I started to like do do some research. I, I watched some some documentaries. Um, I can't remember what the documentary name is, but I always remember that Ricky Lake was in it. And the business of being born, I think is what it's called. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I watched that movie and maybe like, like a, a similar one. And I was just like, I don't w- want to have all of these, these interventions. Like I would really love to go into labor at home. So, you know, it's like getting induced, you have to go to the hospital and like that's starting, like even before you even start labor, you have to be at the hospital. I'm like, you know, I didn't want to do that. But um, I guess I was like trying to trust the doctors. And I also was pretty over, you know, having a person inside of me kicking me in in the rib cage all night long while you're uncomfortable anyway um and I was like okay well I guess you know it's not what I had envisioned at all but um I guess this is what I I felt like I what I needed to do at the time mm-hmm and so they scheduled it for a week after your due date. So like, yeah. 
I, I think maybe I, like originally was going to be on the seventh, and then I, I I can remember some kind of snowstorm that ended up putting it off. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did also hire a doula. Um, it might have been that I didn't get really in touch with her maybe until like November or December. Um, but you know she had I, I remember like like texting her. And she'd be like, you don't have to go to the hospital. You know, you can just, you don't have to go to the appointment. You can just wait, you know, like you can go until like two weeks after. And I, I'm not sure why I didn't listen to her or, um, you know, why I went with the, what the doctors had told me to do, but that, you know, it's history. That's, I, I went and got induced to the hospital. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and if I had known what I know now, I definitely would have been on her team on the doulas team of like, just wait. Um, but I mean, I can't even imagine the pressure, um, of, you know, of them telling you that it's the right thing to do and, and not doing it. Um, right. Yeah. I was like, Oh, I was a first time mom. And, you know, we, we live like 30 minutes from like any hospital you know, so, and I was worried, it's like, okay, well, what if there's like a snowstorm and I go into labor, like, and I have to drive like 30 minutes to, to the hospital. Um, so for whatever reason, it, it, it felt safe to, to trust them. Um, and so what did they do for induction? Like, did they try a number of techniques or, and how did they start? Like, what was the, um, I mean, I'm pretty sure they, you know, I got, checked in and they, they, um, gave me a, a cervix ripener. I mean, I, I think it's just like a tampon really, mm-hmm. or like that, that's what it reminded me of. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they just shove it up there and, um, wait for something to happen. Mm-hmm. And I remember I couldn't sleep. I, I think it was like, they, they have you come in in the evening. It might've been like seven o'clock at night is when, um, it was inserted. And then I remember crying myself to sleep. I mean, like, this is exactly what I didn't want. And um, whatever, just feeling sorry for myself. And then at 3 a.m., um, my water broke. Um, so I was like, okay, things are, things are actually starting. Like maybe this was a good idea. Um, you know, and that was just from the, uh-huh. the serve servidil, I think probably like from the, what they inserted. Yeah. Okay. As, as, as far as I know, I mean, I, I think that it got, it got things moving because I didn't have any contractions. Like it started with my water breaking mm-hmm. and then from there I started to get, you know, very mild contractions. Mm-hmm. And I, for, I wanted to ask before, um, were they giving you any reason why you needed to be induced? I mean, I know that the reasons that they typically will give, but did they give you any reasons? Um, not that I remember. Yeah. I, I think that just being overdue is, is a reason. Got it. Um, I'm, I'm pretty sure when they told me like what I was doing, like why I was at the office that day was they were doing like the, the monitoring thing. Stress test. Kind of, yeah. Yeah. Not stress. I'm doing that. 
Okay. And end of the stress test. I mean, I don't know if it was like something that happened during the stress test. I, I, I think that just to whatever, to like save their butts for whatever reason, like not going pa- too far past your due date is better. Okay. Yeah. In their mind. Yeah. I don't think there was like, oh, your kids, you know, I don't think there's something wrong with your baby and you need to get induced. Yeah. Right. They'll usually just say like fluid level or like the placenta is not healthy anymore or the no, baby's getting too big. Like yeah. Okay. Anyway. Um, so we can go back to, so your contractions were starting and they were mild. Um, mm-hmm. and what happened from there? Um, I don't, I, I know at like some point maybe like nine in the morning, I had texted my doula and I was like, okay, well, labor's happening. So time to come now. <clears throat> and, um, I'm not really sure. Um, at what point I think they, they decided to, that my labor wasn't going quick enough. Um, so they ended up doing the Pitocin. How did they decide that? I don't remember. Like, again, this is, this is a long, this was not that long ago, like seven years ago. I, I don't know, maybe it had been hours. Mm-hmm. Maybe my, my cervix hadn't opened at all. Maybe mm-hmm. that was, I'm not really sure why they decided to do it, but it was freaking awful. Mm-hmm. Um, just because I remember, or like anything I had heard, I was like, okay, contractions come in waves. It like, it looks like, you know, it, it hurts and then it stops. Mm-hmm. And it, comes, it comes in waves. And I was like, well, with this Pitocin stuff, it never went away. It was, it was like constant pain and then really, really bad pain. It's like, it never, I'm like, am I not? I'm like, I thought I was supposed to get a break. Like, that's what I remember saying. You are supposed to, like your body would naturally give that to you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it was, it was awful. Um, I remember like peeing on the floor in the hospital and I'm like, why isn't anyone like telling me, like, like no one was like, go use the bathroom. You know, like I, I I guess in, I was just in so much pain that I, I wasn't thinking like, oh, maybe you should go pee. Like, let me help you to the bathroom or get like, a bedpan or something. I'm just like, I'm in severe pain, like peeing on the floor and. And peeing during labor is really good too. So they, they but I was like, kind of like trying to not. So I'm like, I feel like a weird animal, like in severe pain, squatting on the floor, peeing myself. I Um, mean, that's, that's exactly what you should have been doing. (laughs) Well, I felt not good. Yeah. I mean, I can understand that in that It wasn't context. empowering at all. I was yeah. like, wow. Like, you know, um, thinking highly of myself in the moment. I don't know. I'm, as you're talking about like wild animal peeing, squatting and peeing on the floor, that sounds empowering to me, but I can understand in the context. I was like, I'm like, making a mess. I'm peeing, yeah. literally peeing on the floor. If yeah. I was outside, maybe it would be different, but yeah. Or yeah, like even in your own home, if somebody could put down like a pad or something. I, it's just funny because I was listening to a podcast earlier today because I'm obsessed with birth podcasts. And she was specifically talking about peeing during labor and um, yeah, like peeing on the floor being part of it a lot of the time. And um, yeah, so it's- And I guess I didn't, I didn't know that was the thing. Yeah. You know? 
probably yeah. if I listened to more birth, birth stories, I wouldn't have felt like. I mean, and everybody's experience is so different. I don't remember um, peeing at all during my labor, but you know, it's kind of a whirlwind. Whirlwind. Yes. Um. So. Yeah, then you can talk about what happened from there. So you've had the Pitocin and contractions are really intense. Um, yeah. Yeah, and um, my, my doula was there and she she was seriously amazing. Um, what was she doing for you mostly? Um, I think she was like telling me to like, to like try different positions. I mean, my, my, my labor was, was very long. Um, so... I think at the, at the beginning, you know, it was nice to like use the yoga ball and, you know, like, I think she was telling my, like my partner at the time, like, like to like, like squeeze my hips together. Mm -hmm. I, I don't really, I mean, and just, just, I felt like she was like advocating for me the whole time. Like she was on my side, you know, like for some reason, I probably those, those movies, like the documentaries I watched on like, you know, the, the hospital is just trying to, you know, just, just get this over with. Like they just want to see the next patient, you know, and I felt like she was on my team and I felt like I was out of control, wild animal peeing on the floor. And I'm like, I need somebody to be on my side who has their head screwed on straight. Cause I certainly don't have mine on yeah. right now. <clears throat> um, so then um, I'm not sure at what point of the night this happened, but they were like, oh, it sounds like she's bearing down. And my cervix was not open enough. I'm not sure what the centimeters were, but like, you, you can't do that. You need to stop bearing down or I'm going to, you know, like kind of like press her against the cervix and make it swollen. Um, so, and then it will close up more. But right now we're I wasn't supposed to push until my cervix was all the way open. And you know I was what? Like, I, I, I want to pause here for a second because I don't know. I'm, I'm willing to think about this differently, but everything that I hear in the birth world and heard from my midwives was like, when you feel the urge to push, it's the right time to push. Like your body won't give you that urge unless it's like, it, it doesn't. It wasn't an urge to me. It, it was, it was like a reflex. Like my body, okay. my, my, I couldn't not do it. Like they were like, well, you that's stop. And I was like, I can't, I, I literally, it's, it, it, I, I, I couldn't stop doing it. Well, I, I and that's, that's it was like, I would have a contraction. I would just be like, Ugh. yes, that, I mean, I maybe felt better. I can remember that feeling and, <laughs> and, and I know, I feel, I don't understand why they told you that is it. And I still, I'm always looking. And I remember mentioning it to my midwives that that happened to you with both of your births, that they were telling you not to push. And I don't understand why. And I said, I, that I, that I, I think like, that they, 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 like their reasoning is that my cervix is going to get swollen from pushing too early yeah close up I see I mean I don't know I, I mean I am not a doctor or I don't know a lot of stuff about cervixes and when I'm inflaming them I don't know I just cannot um well there's uh, yeah, a woman who 
is like, uh, she has this podcast called the Free Birth Society that I've been really obsessed with. Her name is Emily. And um, she talks in her birth um, that she was having a really long pushing phase and ended up going to the hospital so that they could check her cervix to make sure that it wasn't swollen and it was fine. And she ended up going home and, and giving birth at home. Um, so I, I mean, I don't know, like at what point they start being concerned about that or if that is an actual concern. Um, yeah, my I, feeling I don't really is that know. My, my thing is that I've had, I've given birth twice and both times I wanted to push and both times they said, you have to not do that. And I was like, I can't not do that. Yeah, I know. So both times I ended up getting an epidural because my, I I couldn't control my body. Because your body doesn't need to be controlled. It just enrages me. (laughs) It it enrages me too, because I was fine. I was like, I don't, I don't. You know, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I do don't really know that. how to describe it. Like I think they were like, you, you're going to have to get a C-section if you don't stop pushing. And yeah. I was like, I literally am giving all of my might to not push, but I, I just met my body just was doing it. Like, I was like, please stop. Like my body just, it's just the, the contractions get so intense is just that that's what, how my body was responding and I couldn't make it stop. So I was like, you. Yeah, to me, I mean, I understand why, why things happen the way that they did like based, it's kind of like being stuck between a rock and a hard place. It's like, oh, C-section or like epidural. Like I'm gonna yeah. use the epidural because yes. I, I, really I, was like, I was like, I would rather do that. Yeah. And then have a C-section. Yeah. And so, um, Anyway, we can table that for now and we'll talk about it more later. But um... so then I, I got a much needed break. And honestly, I was able to rest because um, I was exhausted. I was completely exhausted. I, you know, I, I didn't sleep the night before because I was sobbing. And then my water broke at 3 a.m. Um, I, it, it maybe had been at like maybe like 10 o'clock at night at this point. Um, and, you know, and then they, they, they came in and, and checked me after I had rested for, I don't, I'm not sure how long, you know, it's like a time warp when you're there. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were like, okay, well, you're, you're, you're 10 centimeters now, so you can start pushing. And I'm like, and I'm like, okay, so just when you, when you feel a contraction push and I'm like, okay the one main thing that I wanted to do like a few hours ago and you kept telling me not to, now I can't feel those contractions. So I need you to take the epidural out. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and they did, you know, cause I'm like, I, I can't feel them. Um, so they, they, they took it out and um, you know, from there it was just, I'm not sure exactly how long I pushed Maybe it was like two hours or an hour. Um, and then my little baby came out. Yeah. Um, and it was like probably like the most amazing experience ever. And they were like, it's a girl, mm-hmm. you know? Like I, I, I didn't know until she, until she came out and they're like, it's a girl. And I was like, oh 
my God, this day of hell is a thousand percent worth it for this little angel that I finally get to meet that had been keeping me up at night, kicking me in the ribs and worrying so much. And I was like, oh, I, this is a miracle. I meant to love my life. Did they immediately put her on your chest? Yes. That's yes. cool. Yeah. Good. Yes. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I guess like my, my doula really helped because like, you know, she had asked me like, oh, do you want them to like, to like put you, put her on your chest right away? And I was like, oh no, maybe they can clean her off first. And she's like, oh, well actually it's really good. You know, she, she just taught me a lot of things. Like, I, I guess I, um, you know, a lot more of like, like natural and like skin to skin and don't cut the umbilical cord right away. And, mm. you know, it's just, just stuff that I, I really didn't know anything about. I've, um, a lot of people I think don't know that. And that's where doulas are so helpful to te- not only teach you, but to advocate for you. Because like that, like you said, in the hospital, um, my, my understanding is that they kind of just want to get you in and out as soon as possible. So it's like, yeah, cut the umbilical cord right away, clean off the baby, yeah, the lady out of there. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And it's not um, as healthy for both the mom and the baby. Like there's a lot of benefit of. Yeah. You, like, a lot of color comes into them if you just, if you have to wait. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they, 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 they put her right on me and oh my God. Yeah. There, there is a video that the, the doula took, took a video and I, I can't watch it without sobbing again. Yeah. With joy, you know, with like so much emotion. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a really, really special experience. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And then, uh, yeah. Tell us about going home and postpartum and anything you want okay. to share about that. Well, so I, I know that I did um, have a tear. You know, I, I remember them um, giving giving me olive, and you know that this doctor I never met before is just like standing back there, like sewing my vagina up, and I'm just like, all right, I've never met you before, but I really don't care right now. You know, mm-hmm. this is so that that happened. I know that wasn't comfortable. And I'm pretty sure that, that Olive was, um, she wasn't ups, she wasn't upside down, but she was like flipped the way that it really hurts. Yeah. Um, oh, like yeah. back labor. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm pretty sure that I broke my tailbone um, because, you know, when, when I have smashed my tailbone previously, you know, this is how it, fell it, it hurt for like two months like awful awful pain that you know it, it hurt to sit down mm-hmm. um you know and all my daughter wanted me to do was to sit on the couch and nurse her and my nipples hurt and you know it, it hurt to sit and I was just like and I was exhausted and I was like, I am never doing this again. This is the hardest thing I've ever done. And, you know, this is ridiculous. I can't believe that people want to do this multiple times. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I'm not sure if, if she was colicky, but you know, from, from what I've heard, I think that she was, you know, she, it would just be like, she would cry for three hours straight and um, it would just drive you, drive you a little, a little bonkers, you know, like she would stop crying and I would still hear it in my head. Mm -hmm. Is she crying or is it just stuck in my head? Yeah. So it, it was hard. Um, I, I think around like, like three months um, is when I was like, okay, we, we got a groove. I kind of know what I'm doing now. My tailbone isn't broken. My nipples aren't cracked. Um, you know, like I, I felt like more, more confident and comfortable with my new role. Is there anything that you think would have been helpful like in that early phase um like having more support support in certain areas um or do you do you kind of just feel like it's just like a, a phase you had to get through and um I mean uh Olive's dad really wasn't around very much um he was working full-time and then going to school at night um so he, I guess he didn't, he wasn't very helpful. Um, I don't really remember being like angry at him. I probably was, or like, you know, like jealous. I'm like, why am I the only one doing everything? Mm -hmm. um, I, I think a lot of it was like, just like my own like mental health um, feeling like, not confident. Like I, I remember driving home from the hospital being like, are they really letting me leave with a two day old baby? Like, and I, I'm supposed to know what to do. And like, I was like, this is crazy. Mm -hmm. I am taking home the most defenseless thing. That's, you know, most precious thing. Like, am I really supposed to be in charge of this? Mm -hmm. you know? <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think just like lack of sleep, like just being like completely zombified and in physical pain, mm -hmm. you know, it's like my tailbone was broken. My vagina was um, sewn. I had like hemorrhoids for days, you know, like I was like, that is not a bubble, you know, <laughs> it was just like, a, it was not. I, a lot of hemorrhoids. Yeah. I was like, yeah. like a poofy flower. <laughs> yeah I mean yeah and I just I mean I guess awful for me like, as your sister witch hazel pads were my savior I was what like oh yeah witch, witch hazel pads yes yeah well that's yeah. what I was gonna say is that as your sister I mean I feel like it's so important for like actual sisters and just like sisters you know to support and help each other. And I, I felt, and I felt this way, I felt this way when I've talked to friends of mine that had children much earlier than me. I think that you don't really know what it's like to go through this phase until you're in it. And now having had my own child and knowing like how much support I had, um, I guess I feel like a little regretful that I, I wasn't around and didn't have as the knowledge that I have now, um, that I could have been supportive for you in those right. 
those things, you know? Um, it's I, yeah. I, I like our, our mother did, did help. I, I remember for like, maybe like the first month she would like come and like put me to bed. Well, and I remember going over cause you lived in a different house. Um, yeah. At the time. And I, I remember going over there several times and just being kind of like, just feeling really, um, unhelpful. You know, I was just kind of like, <laughs> I don't know what to do with the baby, but I, as now having had my own child, I, now I know that there are so many other ways that people can be helpful, like cooking food and cleaning and doing right. laundry. Well, I, I remember like how I feel is somebody hold my baby. Cause I want to just, I want to, I want to do the dang dishes. Mm-hmm. I like that. That's how I feel. Yeah. Like I am, I am holding this baby all the time. Like you hold the baby so I can feel, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I know that that's like the most important thing is to just take care of your baby. But I was like, I need to do something else. Yeah. You know, no, I can, yeah, I can really relate to that too, because my mother-in-law stayed with us and she was doing everything, you know, but some of the most helpful times was when I could just leave Malia sleeping in her arms and do something else. Yeah. You know, like go to the grocery store by myself or whatever. Yeah. Oh, I know. Yeah. Grocery store by yourself is like mom's big, big night out. Big day out. Yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, so why don't we then transition into um, conceiving Violet? So um, yeah, just talk maybe about how that experience was different. Um, um, so yes, um, Olive's father and I, um, we separated when Olive was 18 months old. Um, so it didn't last very long. Um, after that, it was whatever it ended. And, um, I think it, it was, was for the best. Um, and now I am actually married to, um, the father of Violet. Um, I had had a, had an IUD, um, because I, I figured I would do something that wasn't hormonal, it was the, the, the copper IUD is the birth control I was using um, prior to Violet. And then I decided that I was finally in a good mental um, headspace to, to have another baby. Um, you know, I had since like when, when Olive turned one is when I decided to, I like went to um, a therapist and then she recommended a psychiatrist and I've been on um, antidepressants, which have really, really helped um, my, my mental health, like extremely. Um, but anyway, um, so I think it took about like three or four months of trying to, to conceive. Um, and then I got pregnant with Violet and it was a completely, completely different um, experience because I was excited to tell people um, it is something I, I wanted to do. So I was like, I, I was just like happy the whole time. Um, you know, um, I don't know if I, I didn't mention this, but 
when I was pregnant with with Olive, I was scared to death to tell our dad. Mm, I do remember that now, actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I had told mom, I had told you and my best friend, Laura. Um, and I was like, I'm really scared to tell my dad. And then when I finally did, he was like, you've got to be kidding me. Yeah, right. You know, and I'm like, okay, well, I was really scared to tell you. And now I just got for the support. Yeah. Awful yeah. response. I was like, and that's why I didn't want to tell you. Mm-hmm. But anyway, but you know, but when I told him that I was pregnant again, you know, like he was like, oh, that's fun, you know? And like uh, our sister-in-law, you know, had what she's like, had just told us like a month ago that she was pregnant, mm-hmm. um, you know? So they were like, oh, so how about your like, all your like baby toys? Cause I had like kept like all, all of the old clothes and baby stuff. And I'm like, actually I didn't need those. <laughs> I'm having a baby. Yeah. Um, but you know, as far as like the, the, the pregnancy, like symptoms, like it was again, like, you know, um, about like a month in, I was exhausted. Um, you know, just wanted to like take naps all the time, just, just pooped. Mm-hmm. And I think like second trimester is like the Goldilocks zone where you're not huge and uncomfortable and you're not exhausted. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're just, yeah. Um, and then I think at the end, you know, it was like uncomfortable again, um, peeing all the time. And then I also started to get scared about um, my relationship with my first daughter. You know, it's like, how am I gonna split my love and my attention? And, you know, like how, you know, cause um, there was, Olive was almost five years old when Violet was born. So, you know, she had been like, you know, my my little buddy, my one true love for four years. Um, Did she ever ask you for a sibling? Was she ever like, I mean, I know that later on she was like, I want a sister, but I I don't remember her saying. Um, I don't think so. She didn't like go after me saying that. I don't think, I I think I I told her that, you know, mommy's going to have a baby. And before I found out whether Violet was a boy or a girl. She was like, my sister, my sister. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't know if it's going to be a sister, sweetheart. <laughs> yeah. Um, but she ended up being right because I, I, I decided that for picking out names, I wanted to know the sex this time around. Um, so yeah, we found out we were having a little girl and Olive was getting her little sister. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, pretty much the same pregnancy, <clears throat> um, I would say. <clears throat> Nothing crazy to report. Um, was it? Was there any, because when you were pregnant with Olive, you were 30, 32 or 33? Um, I think, and I then, and then how old? I'm, I'm, I'm 39 right now. And Olive's almost seven. She was born in 2015. Yeah. So yeah. Okay. So 32, 33. And so that's pre-geriatric per Western medical view. So but right, then when you right. 
that when you were pregnant with Violet, you were considered um, an old woman, know, an old, an old lady. Yeah, I can say that now because I'm 36, so I'm one of them too. Now. Right, right. But um, was there anything different about like tests that they did, or like more, more ultrasounds, or anything? Or no, actually, one thing that I forgot about with Olive is they they thought that I had a heart shaped uterus potentially. Oh right, yeah. Um, yeah. So I actually had to go to the hospital every month and get an ultrasound. But actually I thought it was awesome because I was like, I get to see my baby every month. Um, but I, I think that they did like the blood, like the, the maybe like more blood tests because I was able to, you know, you can find out the sex earlier. Like the um, NIPT. Blood tests thing yeah and they do a lot of like other markers for things yeah I I I don't think that there was really that much it was really that much different not that I what's interesting to me to go back to the heart-shaped uterus thing you have since found out that's not true right right yeah so that just speaks to the inaccuracy of ultrasound technology just right well I, I think that when they thought that it was like the like the vaginal yeah um ultrasound like the wand one like not even like the over your belly one yeah and then throughout that whole pregnancy nobody ever realized that that was inaccurate no yeah interesting I think that they they were worried that she might be breached like maybe like it wasn't going to give her enough room to to turn her to get her head down right yeah but everything she she was the wrong way whatever whatever you know her back was against my back I guess yeah right exactly yeah but she was head down. Making her break my tailbone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So then um, talk about your experience with, I mean, I know how it goes and I know you are induced. So, but you can just. No, I wasn't. It was um, a few days before Christmas. I remember I had like just finished wrapping my last present. I had just folded a load of laundry sitting on the couch and I stood up and my water broke and I was like oh okay and like I guess like a few days before I was like having like a little bit of trickling and I'm like you know my water broke and I'm like well it definitely just did right now mm-hmm. um so yeah did you ever lose your mucus plug not that I noticed not that you're aware of okay no no not yet not that I noticed just probably got stuck in the toilet paper and didn't yeah. say yeah, right. Um, but yes, so I was like, okay, well, um, I'm starting to get like a few like like period cramp type stuff. All right, we're going into labor. You know, I, I think I called my doctor's office and talked to the doctor and he was like, okay, well maybe like, you know, like come in in like four hours, you know. Um, but so then- what was he basing that on? Nothing. I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But then okay. Jamie called the doula and she heard me and mm-hmm. she was like, uh, those contractions are really close. You guys got to go to the hospital like now. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, because I, I had like a contraction timer thing on my phone, app on my phone. And I was like, maybe this is not accurate. But yeah, it seems like my contractions are already like a minute apart. So we finally got her like 
act together. Like luckily Olive was um, with her dad. She was, she stays the night at her dad's on Saturdays. Um, and, and luckily like Jamie had had that night off. So I was like of all the days, you know, I didn't have to like scramble to be like, somebody watch Olive and gotta get a hold of Jamie. You know, it just, it, it happened um, at a, the best day ever basically. Well, it could have been that your your body was feeling relaxed because every all your ducks were in a row. You right. Know? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And it, yeah, it was like I just finished all the laundry and mm-hmm. like the last Christmas present. I'm like, okay, here we go. Boom. Um. Yeah. So then I had the most worst car ride of my life. Um. You know, making my guttural, um, barbarian woman screams in the car mm-hmm. <clears throat> um you know and then we pull up in the the, the emergency um because it was midnight by the time we got to the hospital um yeah and they, they put me in a wheelchair and they're trying to have me sign out paperwork while I was even each contraction was blasting um fluid out of myself <laughs> Um, I, I think I had like excessive fluid. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, every contraction, I'm just like, okay, you got to watch this wheelchair and my pants are sopping. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, by the time I got to the hospital, they just kind of like took my pants off. I still had my shirt on. Um, but then I ended up like just taking my shirt off and I was naked. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like with Olive, like I like set up and like, here's your gown and all that. But instead mm-hmm. I was just like bare butt naked. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was a little bit uncomfortable. I mean, like, I think like once you're like in super labor, you kind of like, don't really care. Okay, you're not yeah. modest, but you know, I'm like, I felt weird. Um, I was like, somebody get me something. Um, yeah. It was fun. I remember um, I went in there and Star Wars was playing on the TV in the room and I was fine with that. I was like Chewbacca was yelling like blasters. I was like, okay, I can get behind this. But then the <laughs> break started and I was like, somebody turn that off. <laughs> it's like, I can deal with Star Wars noises, but not God awful commercial voices. Ugh. It's yeah. like the worst and I'm like why is that because like the speakers seemed like they were in the hospital bed and I was like you know I become an insane woman when I'm in labor like why is that on right now yeah freak off maybe not insane maybe the truest version of yourself um I don't know that's the truest version of myself I'm like a barbarian woman yeah I don't know that's how I feel but I don't know I don't think I normally go around being like (laughs) (laughs) turn off the tv I need to wear my clothes um no not normally anyway so then uh how long was the pushing phase with her oh it was two pushes no, it was one and a half. Oh, and, but but here's the thing that the freaking I started to bear down again. Mm-hmm. You know, like I remember being like on all fours and 
uh, <laughs> and we talked about this before, but it felt like my butthole was going to shoot off <laughs> into outer space. I was like holding it on. I was like, I think it's going to blow right off. Like it was intense. And I was like, butt naked, like holding on to myself. And I'm like, this is terrible. And then I started to bear down and we're like, you can't do that. And I'm like, I've been through this before and I can't not do this, you know, but um, yeah, I, I think like the epidural was in for like, maybe like 30 minutes and they were like, okay, well now you're 10 centimeters. And I'm like, heck yeah, I just think that is such bullshit. I I'm like the, I, I did have a doula this time too, but I, they think that maybe like I, I sat on the edge of the bed and like the yeah. position I was in to get the epidural. She's like, that was probably enough pressure to open your cervix. But anyway, I was like, okay, we'll take the epidural out again because I need to feel to be able to push. Mm -hmm. um, and the doctor said, okay, push. And I pushed and he was like, okay, stop. Um, because it was, she just was coming right out. Well, he needed to get his shit together then. Yeah. They're like, the baby's ready. And I was like, oh! and get ready, like, sir. You know, it was like, like an hour or two with Olive and it was like literally two pushes. Wow. That's cool. Like it was like one and then like, okay, there she goes. Yeah. Wow. That's wild. And it, it was a lot quicker. It was like from like my water breaking to birth, it was like five hours or four hours compared to like almost 24 hours with mm -hmm. Olive. So like the, the the pictures that were taken of me after she came out, I was like a deer in headlights. I was like, what in the world just happened? You know, like it was like I was shaking. I think that happened to me with, with Olive too. We were just like, you know, like the worst pain ever. And then it just is over and your baby's there and you're just like, wow. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just, it's mind blowing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, my, my, my tailbone didn't break. I don't think- Did you that, tear again? I don't think so. No. Um, it was definitely like so much less pain. You know, I already was like a very established, knew how to breastfeed. Mm -hmm. from from with olive so did you still have pain with um violet like in the beginning phases because you had stopped nursing olive yeah yeah i i did but like very briefly you know and they never got like cracked that you wanted to cry when they nurse you're like why do you want to nurse get off of me like mm -hmm. please yeah my nipples need a break yeah but yeah i think it was like maybe like a week of like kind of sore with Violet and then it was fine but I like I like knew how to hold her mm -hmm. um like I, I knew how to and my nipples were used to it but also like I had a lot of experience because mm -hmm. of my first lovely baby yeah and then um yeah I mean I know that you had a lot more people around um for her but you also kind of had your groove yeah, I, I feel like like confidence, um, like just being in a better place mentally um, and having the confidence, like I know how to do this. I've done this before. We, we can do this again. Um, I think you know. also like knowing that things don't last forever, um, I think is, I mean, I still use that now, like when 
there's like a certain phase that Malia's in, I'm like, this isn't going to be forever. You know, she's mm-hmm. gonna not always hate wearing socks. Someday she will come around and wear socks. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's a stupid example. So. What's no, that? it's not. It's a completely acceptable example for a toddler. Yeah. Um, so at this point, if you want to share about motherhood, um, maybe we can start with like, um, the greatest joys of it. Like what, um, and you don't, you don't have to share about that, but just, yeah, if there's any joys, I mean, it's like how you could never, ever feel your heart being so full. Like, I just feel like my heart is going to explode sometimes like like seeing both of my girls when they're getting along and like hugging I'm just like I am seriously I could like die and go to heaven right now because I I don't know it's just like pure bliss like full like just like the fullest heart that I don't know I don't think I ever experienced like before mm-hmm. having children mm-hmm. um you know and like you know, I'm sure that I felt that it was like just all of it. Just like, you are just so cute. I just want to pop you. Mm-hmm. You know, I just love you so deeply. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think it's just like the, the the connection. You're like, I made you and I just love you to pieces. Yeah. You know, and like seeing both of my girls together, I'm just like, you know, it just, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think it's just like the, like the love, the love that you get to have for them and share with them you know yeah it's magical yeah like you are just my favorite little person little people little people (laughs) Um, you drive me nuts but I love you and it's a good thing you're cute yeah yeah I know the cuteness really does save them yeah it does (laughs) um yeah and if you want to talk about anything that's like particularly challenging for you. Um, I mean, you don't necessarily have to uh, have like a way that you've worked through it if you haven't figured it out yet, but. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I guess like um, like since having two children and then they're like, you know, they're not that close in age. It's It's been a challenge to be like, you know, like Olive wants to do this thing and, you know, Violet can't really do that too. And I don't have a lot of time to do, you know, if I want to do like a puzzle with Olive, you know, and I'm pretty much alone with both of them a lot. And I'm just like, well, Violet's just going to throw all the puzzle pieces on the ground, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I, I can't, I have a hard time trying to like focus on one, like trying to do what one kid likes when um, really I need to just like watch Violet because she's littler you know, and she can like get into trouble and she can't really do stuff on her own. Mm-hmm. Um, so just like, like trying to, you know, give them both time. Like some, like sometimes I feel guilty that, you know, I have to give more of myself to Violet right now just because she's, she's younger and she needs more help, you know, um, like, like watch me on um, like do like, go on the slide. I'm like, I would love to like stare at you only by like Olive, but you know, what if Violet decides to that she's gonna fall off the swing right now? Or, you know, I think that's the most challenging thing is um trying to like separate my time and feel like 
they both, I mean, I, I think they do, but sometimes you have to, sometimes you feel guilty. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think that probably happens like just with having multiple children, but. Yeah, I mean, Olive was, it was really hard for her when, when she first got a sibling. Like she was, she really acted out, you know? And I was mm-hmm. like, oh my God, did I make a mistake? Did I ruin your life by giving you a sibling? And now I totally don't feel that way at all. I think no, they- I mean, I see how much love she has for, for Violet, but I, I think it is a hard transition for any child. And maybe, maybe it's more obvious because she can communicate it more clearly than like a really little kid. But I think also right. she had a lot of years where she was like, the center of everybody's attention in our family and then yeah. all of a sudden there like were all the, these yeah. babies exactly. yeah she was like the, yeah the first and only grandchild for almost five years yeah yeah but i i think yeah it's important to um yeah just keep in mind that it's it's not forever and kids work through things in in challenging ways sometimes but yeah, I mean, yeah, it, it is like a, a very mother, you know, a thing, a hard challenge being a mother is just trying to like, to like keep your cool, you know, it's like, I I try to be calm and not fly at the handle and most of the times I'm, I'm good at it, you know, and then if I do, then I feel awful. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, I, I just feel like my, my mental health and you know, has, has helped me be more balanced and, you know, just be a, yeah, more, more balanced, happy person. So, you know, we're just, we're just trying our best to do what's best and also not go crazy. Yeah. And I mean, I think anytime too, that you make a mistake or act in a way that you wish you hadn't, that's also a learning experience. That's what I've found is, you know, like feeling awful, um, helps you to do better the next time, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Is there anything else you'd like to share about that? I haven't asked about. Um, I don't think so. I'll probably think about it once we, uh, disconnect here, but um, I just want to say I feel very special for being able to be on your podcast. Oh, you are very and, special. Oh, well, you're the best. And I love but, your podcast. I listen to all of them. Number one fan. I am your number one um, <laughs> Rosebud Wellness um, Boom Wisdom podcast listener. Well, I appreciate it. Thank you. Um, <laughs> yeah, and I appreciate you sharing your story. Um, I think it will be helpful for other people to hear about too. And then you can um, come back on again soon. Totally. You know, we know things that other people don't know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, thank you. Thank you again. Yes. And tell Malia that we said hi. I sure will. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend. Also, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so that you'll be notified of future episodes as they're published. And also, if you feel so called, please give us a rating and a review to help other people to find the podcast more easily. Thanks again.
Till next time.